Kyle Sondland and Herbert Konings are founding partners for Security Token Group. All opinions expressed by them or guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not represent the views of Security Token Group or its subsidiaries. You should not take any opinion expressed on the show as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow any investment strategy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Hello and welcome to the Security Token Show. We're your hosts. I'm Herbie Conies. Of course, I'm joined by Kyle Sondland. We're here from sunny Miami, Florida, ready to give you another episode of the latest security token news, the latest security token offerings, what's happening in the market and in the metaverse. And of course, part two of our Web3 real estate series on awesome episode lined up, of course, Kyle. But this time, our sponsor for the episode is actually our very own Crypto Con Leche. It's a new show completely in Spanish that we're launching very, very soon, uh, giving you the basics of crypto, again, completely in Spanish. So check out the Security Token Market YouTube channel and look at this trailer to learn more. Yo soy Luis. Y yo soy Jason. Y esto es CryptoCon Leche. Estamos empezando un show nuevo, completamente en español, cubriendo blockchain, crypto, NFTs y, por supuesto, los security tokens, que es en lo que trabajamos nosotros. Claro que sí. Conforme el show vaya avanzando, vamos a tener invitados especiales. Vamos a estar cubriendo noticias y todo lo que tenga que ver en este mundo tecnológico de la blockchain. Y bueno, nos vemos allá en BrickleKey. Can't wait to check out that show. Now, moving into our top five, we have number one, InvestaX has closed their Series A with some serious investors. Now, if you don't know InvestaX, they're based in Singapore, they're an issuance platform. You can create security tokens, you can buy them, sell them, lend them, do all these other things that are fantastic. We've talked about many times around the show. And they are leading the charge in Singapore, and now their cap table includes Coinbase Ventures, Balaji Srinivasan, as well as many other high-profile venture capital firms that were getting involved in this space. So it's fantastic to see that the security token industry continues to grow. Absolutely. And for number two, we've got El Salvador, the Bitcoin nation. And we actually uh, have previously spoke about how they're doing a security token, a government-backed bond backed by the Bitcoin mining operations in the country in order to raise over a billion dollars, folks. Crazy, crazy offering. Going to be very historic. But unfortunately, they've said that they're going to have to delay the offering due to both unfavorable crypto markets and, of course, the crisis in the Ukraine. So for that reason, we'll have to keep a lookout. They cited that perhaps Perhaps September is going to be the time where they believe they'll go ahead and try to launch the offering again. But that did not stop number three, the innovation happening in the blockchain space, this time with Goldman Sachs conducting the first OTC transaction of a derivatives product in Bitcoin that was working with merchant bank Galaxy Digital led by Mike Novogratz and his team. So basically, here's what happened. Goldman Sachs was able to trade a what they call a non-deliverable option contract, which is essentially an option or futures, a derivatives contract, something along those lines, where they don't actually have to deliver the physical good, or in this case, the digital good, which is the Bitcoin. So this is really just kind of a right to the underlying asset that doesn't actually change hands. And so they were able to send this contract via the over-the-counter markets 
to another bank. This is the first US bank that's done an over-the-counter bank-to-bank transaction using Bitcoin. So whether the market conditions are there or not, it is not stopping innovation. That sounds complicated. Welcome to Wall Street. <laughs> now, number four, we've got Honduras. They have actually been long awaited to make a big decision about whether or not they would actually potentially follow the footsteps of El Salvador and go ahead and take Bitcoin as legal tender. Unfortunately, signs point to that not being the case. In fact, their central bank has cited that a central bank digital currency is far more beneficial to their government, aka they would prefer monetary control over monetary freedom. So this, of course, is a lot of Bitcoin enthusiasts a little disappointed. And number five, the FUD train continues to chug along. El Salvador postpones their bond. Honduras isn't interested in Bitcoin. And unfortunately, Fusong is looking to put a little delay on their IPO. They were going to do a security token backed by the exchange, raising up to $10 million that was set to go live here at the end of March. But unfortunately, they decided that the market climate is not suited for their fundraise at this time, and they are going to be delaying for a couple months. Unlucky, but we hope to see you soon. And they did cite that they, uh, obviously, they want to do this right for the industry and for everyone. So for that, I applaud them because we also want to see them do it right too. And with that, let's get into the rest of the industry news with John Pittman. Welcome back to my side of the blockchain. I'm your host for the industry news segment of the show today. My name is John Pittman. So without further ado, let's get right to it. Starting with the blockchain bringers of justice, the SEC, who put out a statement saying that amnesty will not be offered to crypto companies who self-report violations. This is according to the agency's enforcement director. However, while amnesty may be off the table, the director acknowledged that penalties may be diminished through cooperation. The director backs this up by saying that this is a significant benefit for self-reporting violations and working with SEC. Over in Thailand, their SEC is also dropping the hammer. Banning crypto payments while also requiring disclosure of system failure from exchanges. The disclosure includes service quality and IT usage info, and they expect it from crypto businesses such as brokers, exchanges, and dealers. As far as the ban goes, the SEC highlighted certain risks, including the loss of value caused by price volatility, cyber theft, money laundering, and personal data leakage. Once implemented, businesses in Thailand will be barred from advertising the acceptance of crypto payments, establishing those payment systems, as well as tools and wallets that facilitate crypto transactions. Businesses found in non-compliance with the new crypto laws will be subject to legal actions, including temporary suspension or cancellation of their services. We have big news coming from Bitbond, a fintech company responsible for the first STO in Germany, who just announced last week the launching of Token Tool. So Token Tool is a Web3-powered asset tokenization utility that lets users tokenize bonds, stocks, utility tokens, stablecoins, and non-financial assets such as digital collectibles and digital art. With this tool, users can configure and create blockchain tokens on supported networks without prior registration, simply by connecting a Web3 wallet via MetaMask or Wallet Connect. Functionality features include token minting and burning, whitelisting addresses, even liquidity pool generation on DeFi exchanges. Token tool is available for financial institutions, businesses, as well as individual token issuers and content creators. So last week, EuroClear, a securities clearing firm that claims it has over 37.6 trillion euros in assets under custody, announced an investment into Finality, a consortium of financial institutions focused on the regulated adoption of tokenized assets in marketplaces. EuroClear is also focusing on developing DLT to settle digital securities against digital cash through the partnership. They state the ultimate goal is going to be the increase of speed and efficiency of post-trade operations in areas such as market issuance, collateral trades, and interest payment servicing. Up next, we have a new combo project out right now between CoinShares, a crypto investment firm out of Europe, and FTX Crypto Exchange announcing the launch of a new exchange-traded product. The product is titled CoinShares FTX Physical Stake Solana, and they're launching with 1 million soul and seed capital, which are going to result in investors getting 3% in staking rewards. 
Similarly to previously launched staked ETPs, the new CoinShares FTX physical stake Solana has a unique staking mechanism that allows issuers to share staking rewards with investors by reducing the management fee and increasing the coin entitlement of the ETP each day. Well, tokenizers, that wraps it up for me on the Meg with your SEO updates, and I will see you on the other side of the blockchain. Hi, tokenizers. Welcome back to STO and token updates. We have three important updates today, so let's get into it. First up, La Boulangerie is now live on Stoker. Remember them? They were Cal Sondland's company of the week a few weeks ago. They have a direct-to-consumer bakery model, and they also do custom orders and utilize a recurring delivery service. The first shop is expected to open in the coming months. La Boulangerie is looking to raise $2.5 million on Stoker by issuing Baker security tokens on the Liquid Network. To date, $250,000 has been raised via a private offering round. La Boulangerie Securities, with its ticker Baker, are registered securities issued by Authentic Venture. La Boulangerie are issuing these securities at a price of $1. The public offering started on March 24th, 2022, and it's expected to close 60 calendar days from the starting date, but the issuer res reserves the right to extend the public offering at its discretion. Next up, we have crypto startup WorldCoin. They are raising $100 million with investors valuing the company at a total stockpile of tokens at $3 billion. This comes from the publication, The Information, as reported on Tuesday, citing two unnamed sources. They also stated that the investment will come through the sale of WorldCoin tokens. Investors include Andreessen Horowitz of A16Z, which previously invested in Berlin-based WorldCoin and Calusa Ventures. In its second major capital raise, in roughly six months, WorldCoin raised previously $25 million at a $1 billion valuation in October. WorldCoin uses volleyball-shaped spheres to capture data, and these futuristic spheres scan your retina and then you are issued cryptocurrency. The amount each person receives depends on how early in the project you get involved, with the amount diminishing as more people are onboarded into the system. Last, we have news from BACT. They are introducing a private equity token. BACT is a community of individuals who utilize scientific means for calculating optimal mixes between asset classes, such as digital assets and private equity, to maximize their investors' return. The company also aims to offer security and privacy frameworks for compliance models and regulatory bodies. BACT aims to eliminate issues like tax manipulation and money laundering, fostering a transparent and reliable monetary system in the future, as well as establishing a new investment trend. How does this relate? Well, BACT also has introduced its ERC-1400 security standard-based private equity token, BACD. BACD is a security-like token that can work as a utility token in exchange for payments and represent private equity ownership. Its design is based on the ERC-1400 token design standard. The token will work towards fractionalization, digitization, and a strong and storing assets and investment portfolio value. The token comes with a 12-month vesting period for founders and advisors, and it facilitates the fair distribution of a total of 1 billion tokens. That's all for this week, but remember you can reach out to me via email, tips at stlmarket.com. There you can inquire about releasing news, working with us, or just sending recommendations. Add me on Twitter at Megan Nivold so we can connect on-chain. Now over to sjs.eth. 
Hello and happy Monday. The market closed down a hair to a $4.233 billion market cap. T0 has been able to hold the $6 mark, even though volume has begun to slow since its new CEO and investment catalyst. Exodus is now officially trading on securitized market. If you remember, Exodus leveraged a securitized platform to complete the capital raise, including the onboarding of investors, issuing shares as digital tokens, and managing share ownership and activity trading on securitized markets, is now going to bring a number of benefits previously unavailable to Exodus investors. This includes 24-7 order placement, trading from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., near instant deposits, and that includes USDC as well. Having their token trading on multiple platforms will be very interesting to track as there will surely be arbitrage opportunities between the exchanges. And today, we're going to dive into two into the technicals of two of the largest security token exchanges in terms of market cap with their own token, T0 and INX. And as you know, T0 trades Exodus as well. From a technical point of view, T0's token has broken out of the consolidation pattern that was forming towards the end of 2021 and reached highs of $8.80. The short-term top was signaled as it pushed above highs and closed below the prior day low, which is a sign of a reversal. It's been able to hold the $6 range as volume has begun to slow, but we needed to hold this upper level. Many may argue that this is needed after an explosive move like this. We needed to hold a 50% retracement, which it seems to have done so far. There are wicks below this 50% retracement, but it's been above for the most part. That's the line in the sand. Investors in T0 need this to hold at this point. Otherwise, it may head back down to the high $4 or $5 range where it previously had support. On the flip side of things, let's look at INX. Investors have struggled to give the INX token a push towards highs, and it has slowly bled lower, even breaking the opening price of $0.90 for a short while. Buyers were able to reclaim this vital spot as a break and hold below lows may signal more downside to come. This week, the token is up over 20% on higher than usual volume, a strong sign for investors. Given the current market conditions, though, INX investors are going to need to see another catalyst to see it getting going again. If equities can pick up, INX will likely follow, but an explosive move to the upside is unlikely without this catalyst. Now, it's really important to look at the acquisitions that INX recently made, as we believe that this is going to pay off for them dividends in the long term, but for short-term investors, there may be a little bit more pain. That's all for now, but I'll see you next Monday on the Security Token Show. Have a great rest of your week. Wakey, wakey. Welcome to Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Van Gogh. Amazon launched a new game, in the metaverse, it is called AWS Cloud Quest, which is designed to help people build online cloud computing skills, and they will offer points to those who do well. I don't know if points will mean crypto one day, but stay tuned. Following, Heineken has launched its first virtual beer called Heineken Silver. It exists only inside Decentraland. Anyone want to play some virtual beer pong? Hit me up. Up next, Nike, since the launch of its virtual world, Nike Land has had over 7 million visitors, and pretty soon they're rumored to have a really special visitor that we all may know. It starts with a LeBron and ends with a James. And another familiar name, Brianna, has filed a new trademark application indicating that she will offer virtual cosmetics and hair products under her Fenty brand. And lastly, innovating and doing good, the Korean Forest Service is starting a tree planting campaign in the metaverse and partnering with a fintech company, Dunamu. For every tree planted in the metaverse, it will plant two trees 
in a fire-affected mountain forest of Andong. That was Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Mago. Thank you to our entire newscast there for giving us the latest updates. And of course, we now have to choose our companies of the week, Kyle. This is where we each pick one company that we thought made the biggest moves in the space last week. And Kyle, I'm really curious for episode 133. Oof. Who did you pick? My company of the week this week is actually one of the venture capital firms that led the Series A for Invest2X. And this is Coinbase Ventures. So I wanted to give a shout out here because Coinbase got us all really excited a couple of years ago when they acquired an ATS and we thought maybe they'd get involved in the security token space. Yep. Turns out they really weren't trying to get involved and I think they actually shut that whole thing down. However, it's great to see that Coinbase, the company, at least through its venture capital investment arm, does recognize the value of digital securities and security tokens. Coinbase obviously being such a huge company in the industry, so influential in both regulation with the government as well as in the cryptocurrency space through the operations of their business. And it's great to see that they see this still as the future and that they're, you know, they're still making bets on this industry, whether or not it's in their mainstream of operations. So congratulations to InvestX on an amazing fundraise successfully closed. But my coming of the week this week is Coinbase Ventures for still staying involved in security tokens. That's a great choice. I mean, Coinbase Ventures has an incredible track record just as a venture firm in the space itself. And as you pointed out, this is absolutely a strategic bet on both Singapore and security tokens. And my uh, company of the week, Kyle, is actually a company called ArtBank. Now, if you haven't heard of ArtBank, I think what they're doing is really cool. So one big problem with art is a lot of people complain, like, how do you actually value this? And of course, a lot of people will tell you it's what someone's willing to pay. Not so with ArtBank, they'll tell you. In fact, they have 2,000 different data points that they run for any piece of art in order to determine what the potential value of that that art actually is super useful data-driven solutions for valuating assets. Very important for security tokens and assets in general that are trying to live in a digital ecosystem. And so for that reason, Art Bank is actually my secure, my company of the week, but it's worth mentioning, Kyle, that they also have planned a security token, Whoa. the ABK token, which will give you an interest into the company that they are planning to launch. Uh, so they are not only just helping out uh, with the entire art industry and helping bring that on chain and valuations, but they're eating uh, our own dog food, if you will, with security tokens. And they actually also offer services around securitization wow. as well as loans against presumably the products that they've gone ahead and put through their platform. So for all those reasons, I think ArtBank is doing a lot of crazy awesome things for this industry. And for that reason, they're my company of the week. It's a great choice. Super interesting. Art has just dominated the, the tokenization space over the last couple of years alongside real estate. Great to see they're making a play in that scene. Now let's move into our main topic. And now for our main topic for episode 133, we are continuing in our series of Web3 real estate. This is episode two, but if you missed episode one, definitely check that one out first. We're talking about security tokens, how you can have fractional investment around the world into a real estate property, trade those things like shares. You don't want to miss it. Now we're going to be talking about everything to do with digital currency transactions leveraging real estate. How can you pay using cryptocurrency? How does the deed get represented in an on-chain transaction? What goes on there? That's episode two. And then finally, tune in next week for metaverse real estate. What happens when you have virtual worlds and you have land inside of it? What does that look like? How does it transact? And how does it get taxed? But either way, episode two, let's not get off topic. Obviously, we've got Herwig Konings. He is our leading expert. We got everything tokenization structure. Let's talk a little bit about 
paying with crypto, leveraging real estate to kick it Well, I certainly prefer talking about security tokens, and I'm fascinated by that metaverse real estate stuff. But yes, there is in fact an application for the physical world of real estate. Uh, It's very interesting. I think, as you said, let's get started with buying real estate, using cryptocurrency transactions to buy real estate. This seems to be a huge use case. We're seeing a a company actually that's very active for this topic uh, today, I think is worth mentioning, it's called Proppy. They do a lot with blockchain and real estate, specifically focusing on the deed level, as well as also trying to sell individual homes on an individual transaction level. Hmm. And when we're talking about cryptocurrency, we're talking about a new asset that has been around for less than 20 years. And now it has over a trillion, sometimes over $2 trillion worth of assets out there locked up available to potentially buy real estate with. Hmm. So of course, you need to be able to accommodate the average cryptocurrency buyer. They don't want to have to go to their bank account, cash out, and then go ahead and go through the old system. They want to be able to leverage cryptocurrency for what its benefits are. Instant clearing and settlement. For me as a seller and for you as a buyer, you know on opposite sides, they each have what they represent in the transaction. In this case, a deed, Uh, specifically representing the real estate that's for sale. And on the other side, cryptocurrency worth the price that you're willing to accept. Mm. Could be in the version of the cryptocurrency, aka I want 300 Bitcoin for it. Or you could price it out to what the market value of Bitcoin is in that moment in time. Because again, this is an instant transaction. So what does that mean, Kyle? No more escrow solutions. No more middlemen. A lot of these archaic systems that we expect through the average real estate transaction are completely gone when we use cryptocurrency for the transaction. And that actually could be applied to stable coins as well, right, Kyle? You're totally right. You, the, the benefits of using a stable coin is that it doesn't have the same volatility that Bitcoin might, as well as the fact that since it's a, in the crypto ecosystem, it's actually not incredibly difficult for someone with Bitcoin to convert to a stable coin, which is maybe more fitting for the real estate seller who maybe doesn't want to have to take on all of that risk that a current the cryptocurrency might have. So it kind of checks both boxes of the vol- of solving for that volatility while still allowing for the convenience of a cryptocurrency transaction. It's important to remember here when we're talking about ACH transfers, that can take three, five, sometimes even seven days for those things to clear. Have you ever gone to either purchase your own property, or even if you've rented a property, you know you need a a cashier's check or something along those lines in order to prove you have the funds as opposed to just write it. There's a lot of really inconvenient things truths around the financial process when it comes to making a real estate transaction, that instant settlement and an instant transaction can solve right off the bat. Especially when you start scaling up the price per home, Mm -hmm. you're not really talking about a ton of savings that you can eliminate by removing these middlemen and using a blockchain-based system. And that's super cool. Uh, In fact, we've seen this happen. As I mentioned, this company, Proppy, has done this. And unfortunately, this leads to our second part. It's not always that simple. So we have to remember that actually using uh, cryptocurrency for the transaction does not necessarily mean that the deed of the home has to be on chain. So we can have those as separate processes. You can go ahead, I believe the same thing happened with Arte, as we mentioned, this is Mm -hmm. here in South Florida that got purchased with cryptocurrency. That's separate to the deed being transferred. However, deeds uh, are essentially just a giant record keeping system, right? Unfortunately, as I mentioned, that's why I keep saying unfortunately is because in America, we've got county, we've got state, we've got federal, we've got tons of different 
uh, regulators, as well as different legislators, as well as different you know sh- uh, stakeholders, I should say, that are involved in the deed process. Because we're talking about land, folks. This was you know mm-hmm. as beginning as old as time when it comes to claiming land. That's why the deed was created. Now, of course, with a blockchain-based system, there are a ton of efficiencies. Pretty much, I would uh, reckon to guess that a majority of uh, deeds and records with counties and, and such are actually paper-based still today. Probably. Which makes you know looking up information, figuring out what the, the value is of certain areas and homes and things like that, very, very, very difficult. So of course, if we had a digital ledger that we can rely on the underlying information as you know immutable truth, we've got a really great deed management system, don't we? Yeah, companies like Invenium have touched on similar processes as well. We just met with them at a, a great conference that they threw here in Miami. And they've talked quite a bit about how the real estate process is relatively straightforward in the sense that most transactions occur kind of the same way. It's just incredibly manual to actually enact that process. So if you can essentially automate a lot of these forms to programmatically generate based off of, all right, well, we know we need this amount of information. So if we collect this information, we can just generate the reports that are needed and, and you know create all these types of contracts, which allows you to really automate and streamline this process in a way that was never really able to be done before, or at least would require hundreds or thousands of individuals at the broker level. You see that there's like the MLS here in Florida, where they are, you know, the ones that actually are representative and responsible for all of the different properties that are listed for rent or for sale. So having these kinds of bureaucratic organizations certainly is the best way to scale when it's a very manual process, but you can really clear a lot of that out and have real-time updating information around the title, around how the payment was processed, which again, bringing all this together allows for the auditability, which is incredibly valuable from a blockchain perspective. You could have any level of regulation be able to see exactly what property is with who, exactly when that transaction occurred, for what value, all of that would be publicly auditable and identifiable. Huge efficiencies and savings for the home transactions, for the state or for the county, for appraisals, for taxes, and a whole myriad of reasons. But I will say that uh, at the end of the day, I have a little bit of a criticism. So Mm -hmm. of course, the future of buying and using cryptocurrency, especially as you pointed out with a stable coin, makes a ton of sense to me that is absolutely the future of buying real estate. When it comes to you know the all of the state and you know federal and county kind of red tape, if you will, that comes around title, I think blockchain is the future, Kyle. But I don't think we're going to see it tomorrow or overnight. Mm. I think it's going to take some time. This is going to take legislation changes. This is going to be a slow sort of. Uh, I would say fragmented effort that hopefully eventually culminates into some kind of a standard or some kind of a title system that is endorsed uh, around the country and possibly around the globe. Uh, But I will say that, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I think there is value uh, that we can see here for for title and blockchain. It's very exciting uh, that we now see these transactions occurring. This is happening, folks. People are buying real estate with transactions, although we would probably tell you that we prefer security tokens because it enables fractionalization. There is this concept of fractionalizing deeds. We think that gets very complicated because you may trigger securities issues. Again, going back to that red tape, fractionalizing and putting number of uh, a number of people on a deed is difficult. So we go back to that securitization, security tokens method to make it easier for multiple people to own one home. 
Yeah, I, I think you make a, an interesting point that it's hard to disagree with. If you look at the current market today, as you said at the beginning of the episode, most deeds, or at least a significant majority of the minority of the deeds, are are probably still with paper. There's probably a lot of paper transactions occurring, despite the fact that pretty much anybody would tell you that using the internet is a more streamlined feature. So in the same way, taking it one step further, you still got to get those paper ones to the internet before you're going to get the internet ones to the, the blockchain space. But on top of that, as you said, you got to walk before you can run. So you got to walk by potentially figuring out, okay, how can we uh, you know, accept additional means of payment? How can we streamline the payment process? Then of course, there's, there's working on some of the administrative tasks, getting those on chain, automating those things. And as you said, blockchain can really transform the real estate industry as soon as new investments can come in through security tokens. So I think that all these pieces come together. And then of course, the the you know, step well beyond that, which we'll be covering next week is digital real estate and how that works, which is going to be a really fun episode. You're going to have to check in next week. Definitely has nothing to do with everyone we talked about today with physical real estate, but you'd be surprised that a lot of these blockchain benefits will actually translate over. And with that, of course, that ends our show today. We hope you liked it. If you have questions or feedback, please reach out to Kyle and I. We're available on all social media channels. We've got a super active Discord community as well at Security Token Market. And we've got a ton of great new content for you to get check out. Hopefully you enjoy that Crypto Con Leche trailer. We've got Spilling the NFT. We've got Open Tab. We've got the What's Trippin' newsletter and a ton of other great content for you to go check out at stomarket.com. Leave a like, leave a comment, subscribe. Let us know how you thought about the episode and we'll talk to you next week. Happy tokenizing. Thank you.